listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. My name is Jeremy, and I'm joined by Caleb. Uh, we're picking up, this is part two. We're picking up right where we left off last week, so if you haven't uh, listened to that, go back and listen to part one. Uh, we're just going to jump right back into it. Fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. I don't have a character that's like, my favorite character is hands down Nemo mm-hmm. from my first campaign. Because, I mean, the shit that we went through in that campaign is just beautiful. Like, just the number of times we almost died uh, just here's okay so my character was a fighter so his constitution was kind of high um so one time we went to this dungeon and i actually i don't think it was a dungeon i think it was like the ruins of this old building right and there's this bookcase on the wall and it's like basically the only thing that isn't completely destroyed and we're like what the fuck is up with this bookcase so we like roll perception roll perception check and fail it and we like we just keep we like roll perception check and then walk around and do something and then come back and roll another perception check and eventually happy finds out he's like you know i think it was happy anyway we find out that this bookcase is actually a door into like a secret room Mm -hmm. So my character, being the brave fighter that he is, right? This is a little bit. This is a little bit into my personal luck uh, playing D anD. Um, I am known within my friend group for getting critical failures at the worst possible times. You and me both, brother. You and me both. Oh my god! And it leads to typically it leads to hilarious situations. Uh, in which my character almost dies. Absolutely. So, <laughs> my character goes to open this bookcase. <laughs> they give me shit for this all the time, too. My character goes up to this bookcase, and I try to open it. I'm fucking with this bookcase, blah, 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 blah. And I open the bookcase. But I open the bookcase on a critical failure. So I've succeeded in opening this chamber However, because my character fucked up so bad, this bookcase is actually rigged to counterweights, right? So this bookcase comes a flying open, pins my character between it and the wall adjacent. Um, But, and my character does not realize this, so... You know, I'm like, uh, guys, I can't push this bookcase off. I, I kind of need your help. So they come over. They're trying, starting to pull this thing. And then my character feels this immense sharp pain on his side. We look down and one of the shelves of this bookcase has cracked, slipped Perp- or, uh, perpendicular to the other shelves and impaled me and pinned me to the wall. Holy shit. (laughs) If there was not magic in this world, you would have died. I did not use magic to stay alive. What? (laughs) You used ranger skills? I used... I used... I can't remember what I used. I think I was just good constitution rolls, to be honest. So, like, yeah, I got this critical fucking... I got this critical failure, and my character almost died by being impaled... (laughs) by a bookcase but his constitution was so high that you know after i healed enough to like get moving again uh because this injury was so bad for a week in game for a week after that 
every single day or every time we would move every once in a while I would have to roll another constitution save and if I failed I would actually take damage from the wound and basically like open the wound or it would get infected or something like that but because my constitution as this character was so high that even if something happened and the wound actually did hurt me it wasn't that bad so my character actually recovered and got this badass fucking scar all up his side from a bookcase and there's just like there's other qualities about that character that I really can't remember right now but yeah he's my favorite character although I do quite like the character that I'm playing now too yeah, that character was awesome. That character was a badass, especially by the end of the campaign. We actually didn't play it long enough to get our 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 uh, our guys up to level twenty, which mm-hmm. is the highest level that you can be. I think we got up to level seven, or almost up to level seven. And by that point, our characters were like, "Oh, you have a mission for us." whatever um and we were like blasting through stuff and just making immense amounts of money yeah i don't have a i don't have a really i don't have a really funny elaborate anecdote with that character at least not that i can remember right now yeah that was in a hunter campaign right yeah yeah that was the first campaign that hunter if i'm right i think i've actually only had the chance to be in one campaign with hunter it wasn't even a whole campaign it was just like one episode Um, yeah yeah there were two ones actually there were two, because that was when you came to stay with us in Boone. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good time. That was that was weird. That was that was a time. <laughs> that is for another episode. Yeah. Tales of Boone. Oh my god. Well, um Yeah, but he's a he's a great damn, really fantastic, fun guy. Yeah. Um Okay, so now we're on to question six. I don't know how I feel about this question, because I don't know. What are your stats in real life? Can we really do that? Can we stat ourselves in real life? I guess. I mean, yeah. So let's let, let's look at what our stat, uh, what the stats are, because I have trouble remembering them. Okay. For as long as I've been playing D anD D, I still cannot devote these things to memory for some reason. So strength, right? Your physical strength. Mine. So, well, let's describe the scale at least a little bit. Okay. So. 10 is considered perfectly average. So I guess usually it is a little biased towards humans, but we are humans, so that makes it easy. But it's uh, basically what an adult human of average build build would, of average build, average life, and average ability would be able to accomplish in any given situation within these categories. Yeah, and then their score is one is one is basically a vegetable. If you have a one in any of those things, you absolutely you can't you, use it. You can't. Yeah. You just can't. It's possible to have zero because zero things with zeros are dead. Yeah. So and that actually goes into the undead, which is a huge part of D and D. Um, but yeah, but then you know, nine might be like slightly disadvantaged. Eleven would be. A little, a little quicker, yeah, yeah, or a little better, um, and then twenty would obviously just be just like just natural, just yeah. natural fluid, excellent. Yeah. So yeah, it's based on the your stat rolls are based on the d twenty, right? One being absolutely the worst you could be at that thing, and twenty the absolute best that you could be at that thing. Mm-hmm. So, having said that. Uh, and 10 being dead average, 10 being what the average human could do. Mm. Um, having said that, my strength in real life, probably an 8. 
I'm not a very strong person, especially upper body. I got fairly strong legs, fairly average legs, but my I have no upper body strength. Um, dexterity, I want to say is a little bit higher, maybe like an 11 or 12. Um, I think we're just we'll just go down the list, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, constitution, six. <laughs> we won't go into that. Oh boy, you and your medical history. Uh, but you're you survived. I don't know how to count that. I survived with help. <laughs> lots and lots of help. But not only that, there's just like, there's other things that make me say it's that low. Mm. And we just won't go into that in this episode. Um, <laughs> intelligence. I don't think I'm that smart. Caleb might be able to better answer this this one for me. I'm going to rate myself 12 or 13. Yeah, I'd put you a little higher. Really? Yeah. At least 14. Wisdom? I'm going to say that my wisdom is, going by the D&D definition of wisdom, I will say that it's 10, so like dead average. And charisma? 8. What's the first one? Strength? Yeah. Man, like, I was going to put myself at 9, but I'm definitely not stronger than you. So going more (laughs) realistically, I think I will have to go and revise and say 7. So, because I'm just... We're we're weak, y'all. We we weak as shit. Like, like I feel so much stronger than I did when I was a kid. When I was basically just, like, Spongebob levels of squishy weak. (laughs) And I'm so much stronger than that. But I'm so not strong. <laughs> I'm a skinny dude, guys. And I, I don't know if I can lift my own weight. I've got powerful legs. I do, but that's dexterity. Okay, let's move on to the next one. I'm a seven, okay? That's my strength. The next one is dexterity, right? Yeah. Kind of flexible. Yeah, you are pretty flexible. Kind of weirdly flexible. So there's two. There's what did I say for my dexterity? You said you were pretty good. I think you give yourself an 11 or 12 even. See, there's a problem with me because <laughs> dexterity encompasses your flexibility, your agility, you know, your ability to do like acrobatic things. But at the same time, your dexterity affects your your stealth, your like manual ability, your goodness with your hands, your clumsiness and that stuff like that. And let me tell you guys, I'm really clumsy. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm actually going to revise. Oh, no, never mind. No, continue. Continue. I'm sorry. Well, I'm really clumsy. So I think you can back this up. He is. He's clumsy. This is can't catch for shit. Yeah, I'm all over the place. Did I have I no hand eye. This guy can't catch for shit. (laughs) I absolve you. Um, But, um, yeah. But that being said, I'm quite agile and I can move my body. Maybe not with rhythm, but it can certainly (laughs) contort in various positions. That is true. I want to give myself a 13 for dexterity, but with like a minus two for any sort of coordination <laughs> check. Disadvantage to coordination. Yes. Disadvantage to, uh, what is it? Although I can be also, I can be very stealthy. Have you ever played hide and go seek in the dark? Yes! <laughs> yes! I've never lost. This is the guy who hides, who like crawls on top of cabinets and shit. I might be a 16 and hide and go seek in the dark. Oh yeah. I'm scary. Yeah, he is terrible. Even Hunter said that one time we were doing it out in the woods that I had no footsteps. Which is not true in the house, because I walk like an elephant in the house. No, yeah, when he... I don't so one time... Okay, 
I'm going to tell two stories, two anecdotes on Caleb's behalf. Um, (laughs) Just from my perception, my experience of these things, obviously. So the first one is one time we were playing Slender, um, which is basically like Slenderman the game. One person is Slenderman. Everyone else are everyone else are people who are being that in the woods at night, didn't we? Yeah, which is terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, fuck. Um, absolutely terrifying especially when hunter is slender because hunter's strength is like an 11 and his dexterity is like a fucking 15 16 maybe 17 he is fast and silent Mm -hmm. um but anyway he so when he is slender it's terrifying but fucking caleb Caleb was not slender in this instance. Uh, he was just a person collecting notes, but he got caught by slender, which turns him into a proxy. I don't know if you remember this or not. You might, and I might be telling it a little bit different. It's okay. But Caleb was a proxy. Caleb was a proxy uh, in this instance, and the proxy's job is to basically... I think the way we were playing it, the proxy's job was to take any of your collected notes away from you mm-hmm. and rehide them. Um, that the proxies are people who have been caught by Slenderman. (laughs) But yeah, Caleb was a proxy in this instance, and the proxies can sneak up on you. They don't have to announce their presence. They can just sneak up on you, and you could like turn around, and one will be like right behind you, like fucking Caleb. (laughs) This man is silent when he needs to be. I mean, I'm pretty quiet too. Like, I've just... just taught myself how to like move quietly and fluidly um ish but fucking caleb he will sneak up on you especially especially during slender at night because it's supposed to be scary but obviously you know it's not really that scary unless you're like drunk or high or something um which i'm not condoning maybe yeah i don't give a shit do whatever you want um just don't do it on mushrooms god oh god oh god um or do if you want to tap into that primal part of yourself which knows fear (laughs) but yeah i watched him as a proxy sneak up on one of our other players i can't remember who it was but he silent. i watched was it this. ashley did she pee herself it might have been ashley it might have oh you know what it was ashley you fuck with ashley a lot because she's such a good target she is I know. she's Poor so ashley. animated but anyway he snuck up on our friend ashley as she was trying to collect a note, right? She saw a note, she was moving toward it, and this motherfucker got behind her and silently followed her, let her collect the note, and as she turned around, he was like right behind her, and he just grabbed her, and she shrieked. She screamed so loud that we thought, or everyone, I knew what was happening because I saw it, but everyone else just stopped what they were doing and stopped playing because they thought she was actually like hurt or something. So another time we were playing hide and seek in the dark. We just like playing games in the dark. What's wrong with us? Anyway, we were playing hide and seek in the dark and Ashley was the seeker. So she had found pretty much everyone else She's a decent seeker. But Caleb was the last one. And Caleb, we were playing it with modified rules where, like, you can move around. You don't have to, like, pick a spot and stay there. You can move around. So Caleb 
by the time we were all sitting in like the safe zone, which I think was just the couch, uh, by the time we were all caught and like sitting on the couch and just watching this whole thing happen around us, Caleb had made his way into the kitchen of, I think, Ethan's house. Mm -hmm. And he was on top of the fridge. And this is one of those houses where like the cabinets don't go all the way up to the ceiling, like there's space on top of them. So as she was moving through the kitchen, he was crawling on top of the cabinets. And you need to like you need to see Caleb. No, he's tall. You see my insectoid body. He's tall and lanky and yeah, he's he's weird looking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he's like crawling. His lanky ass is crawling from like the top of the fridge to these like to the cabinets and shit. And all of us in the safe zone were quietly to ourselves. We're like, no, <laughs> Ashley, no. And she like turns and see, I guess she like caught him moving out of the corner. Of she looks up and sees him. And this motherfucker, knowing he's been caught, goes, Get like leans off the cabinet like fucking um like Schmeagle. He like leans off the cabinet and he's like ah <laughs> and she cried. So even though I'm really weak strength wise, I feel like health wise I get sick, but I power through it basically with usually no help. I have a high alcohol tolerance. I think that counts for something. Yeah. Uh, Typically, that's what you would I've roll. I've got a couple tolerances. You'd roll a you'd roll a Constitution save for that, wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. So yeah, I want to say Constitution. I'm surprisingly. What's the word that they say for skinny people? Wiry. <laughs> Pretty wiry. I'm gonna give myself thirteen, purely for surviving appendicitis without having my appendix appendix removed. Yeah, that was some shit. Yeah. <laughs> Still in there. Functions. Still in there. Uh, intelligence? I don't know. I, I certainly, if it goes to knowledge, I know next to nothing now. And I'm not just saying that in the modest way where you like know things, but you say, well, I know nothing because you know about the infiniteness of knowledge. But um, I don't know. I don't know things anymore. <laughs> and I get lost and distracted and confused. But I am still kind of bright. So I'll give myself a 12. Okay. Wisdom? Ooh. What is wisdom in D&D? Wisdom, so your skills that are associated with wisdom are animal handling, insight, medicine, perception, survival. Basically, like, I would boil that down to, like, how you use the information that you know. I would say that my insight and my perception are pretty good. Well, I do tend to get lost in my own environment. So it goes with the clumsiness thing. But then when I need to, I think you'll understand that I'm oddly pointed and keen in my insights. Yeah. I'd say that. Yeah. Um, And that is because I'm always, always observing and always reflecting. Yeah. Um, Yes, your perception, your passive wisdom in D&D is directly related to your wisdom. Yeah, so I would say that would give me, like, a bonus. Um, medical skills? I don't have a lot. Um, well, I don't think we have to use the definition. But I guess it's just it's how you care. It's how you care for things. Because you can have all the knowledge, and you can still be bad at caring for somebody. You can know what it takes to keep someone alive, but <laughs> keep them alive in miserable condition. Well, yeah. Um, and that this includes keeping yourself alive. 
in okay or miserable condition. I don't know about wisdom. What do you think? I don't know. Maybe 11? Yeah, 11. What about your charisma? Charisma? <laughs> I've gotten good. You can be, you can be I, charismatic. I can be. You, you just generally, like in your general nature, not really, no. but you can be. No, I can, I can turn on the charisma. Certainly in customer service, I'm charismatic. I don't even oh, know how I yeah. do that. I'm like a I am a, that. I am a straight up sociopath when it comes to fucking... Okay, <laughs> look, work at the fucking customer service desk at like a hardware store in Wilmington, North Carolina. It will turn you into a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, I can't deny that. Um, generally, not too charismatic. I look okay. Um... I'm a little cute. Uh, I'm a little cute. I don't. Te- I tend to be really quiet. So that's how I tend to be, and that's usually not very charismatic. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, if I'm talking, and usually t- my talking is just like simple interchanges of inter- information, which is also not charismatic. But I can turn on the charisma if I need to. Yeah. Which is important. Well, I think. I think I'm gonna group this in with uh, your charisma. People just like tell you things too. Yeah. Caleb's one of those. Caleb's one of those people where like, typically like in the work environment, mm-hmm. his coworkers will just like instantaneously you know open up and just tell him things. There's, that's what it is. I'm not a charismatic speaker. I'm not. You know, I can try. I can be animated. I can. I have good diplomacy. I have great diplomacy, as long as I'm not being an asshole. Um, <laughs> but. You know, I, I, people aren't inspired or drawn in by what I say, but I allow others to say quite a lot. I'm a strong listener, and people open up to me. So yeah, maybe bump that one a little higher. Your your what? Your charisma? Mm-hmm. So maybe like eleven or twelve? 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 Yeah, twelve when you need it to be. Twelve when I need it to be, and then otherwise just like ten. Yeah, which is not how stats work in D anD D, but you know, whatever. No, I get I have advantage rolls. That's what I have. I maybe don't have the highest stats, but there's certain things I have advantage rolls and then disadvantages too. <laughs> Was that the last one? No, that's the second to last one. So we're gonna tell a funny D anD D anecdote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I'll start since yeah. you just answered this question. So it has to be the first campaign that I played. The first campaign that I played was like, I think your first campaign is always the best always because it's like your it's, it's your introduction to the your introduction to D, you know there's on one side of it there's like you have to learn how everything works and it can be a bit much because it gets really complicated really fast but you also you have the wonder of discovery and then the power of nostalgia since it's the oldest it'll always be the most nostalgic yeah exactly so yeah on the other hand it's like You've created your character and, you know, you're role playing in this fantasy world and blah, 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 blah. It's just a great time. Um, So, yeah, this anecdote has got to come from my first campaign, Um, which is after we get back from that mission, the next mission that we're on, basically, um, Darren's character... (laughs) We get this is a short one, and this actually isn't related directly to my own character, because although although my character was interesting, I think Theron's character, and this is just this is just because Dylan is a really good player. Dylan Hunter is an amazing DM, 
and Dylan is an amazing player. Uh, he just gets so into his character and puts so much work into it. And I, I typically don't put that much, you know, put that much soul into it. I put that much soul into the characters that I write for stories, mm-hmm. not for D&D. But um, yeah, Dylan's character, and this is after the Owlbear incident and that mission where we and where we intimidated the living fuck out of this elder of the town. Um, he, we get ambushed by like a group of bandits and Happy does his thing where he's like running around trying to distract them, draw fire away. My character is out there with, uh, with Happy. I'm taking slight disadvantage uh, just because I'm in partial cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm taking like slight disadvantage, blah, 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 blah. But at this point we're like level five or whatever. So I'm pretty much, you know, we're fucking these guys up, but there's a lot of them. Dylan at one point, I don't know what triggers it. I think, I think it was Dylan was meditating because his character was, I can't remember the race of his character. I think it was like an, a tiefling or something like that. His character was meditating for his rest. And these guys come interrupt his meditation. So he rolls for insanity. He rolls for sanity and fails, which means he loses his fucking mind. And he straight up I like I like I want to tell this in detail. So here's what happened. There was this there was a, a bandit like kind of backed up against a tree. There was another one to Dylan's right hand flank, I believe. Um, so Dylan casts uh Guiding Bolt. That's what it was that he fucked up the the Alber with. Guiding Bolt, which is like this giant blast of fucking lightning from your chest, and it it's like fucking destroys whatever is caught in its wake. He fucking Guiding Bolts uses a level three spell slot. Guiding Bolts this fucking bandit eviscerates him. Right, nothing left except mist from this guy. Then loses his fucking mind and looks at this one bandit who's like backed up against a tree and he's like holding out his dagger he's about to run at Theron and the like the moment he takes a step it's basically counted as for the for the NPC it's basically counted as Dylan's attack of opportunity mm. um, so he fucking charges fast as shit like 40 miles an hour runs throws himself at this guy jumps into the air perpendicular or uh, parallel with the ground spears this guy so hard that he breaks his arm and bends his hand backwards and stabs this guy crushes his chest basically this guy is holding a dagger in his hand right so imagine how you would hold a dagger to like run up at someone and stab them breaks this guy's arm twists his hand backwards stabs the knife into him compresses his chest and pushes the knife so deep with his head pushes his pushes this bandit's knife so deep into his chest that it pins him against the tree everyone else is dead dylan's character then falls to the ground takes damage (laughs) gets back up screams and doesn't stop screaming for like five more hours as he runs through the trees mm-hmm. at like runs in the forest like 40 fucking miles away just screaming and we're just like and uh happy and i my or my character are just like sitting there you know 
we've each taken a little bit of damage. We're getting the camp back together, putting out fires and shit like that. And then we realize that Theron is gone. And we hear like this faint screaming in the background and like rustling through trees. And we're just like, uh, what? And we just get on with the rest of the night and we're just like, what the fuck? And in the morning, we're like packing up camp and Theron just comes out walking back through the trees and we don't say anything of it for the rest of eternity. For the rest of the time that we play this campaign, we say nothing about it. <laughs> Noodle incidents. Noodle, yeah. Yeah. We're just like, uh, and he's just like, mm-mm, and shakes his head, and we're just like, got it. Beautiful. There was this other time, again, Theron's character, um, where we were in town, and we were trying to kind of hide Happy, so we like had him in this cloak or whatever, so that people wouldn't think that he, wouldn't know that he was a goblin. So we're like taking him through the town, and blah, 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 and he has really good sleight of hand so as we're like walking by people he's like stealing people's money and shit um, like stealing belongings and things like that and then we like stop in an alleyway and we're like okay we need to like run into this shop and get these things you can't come in here uh so we need you to just like chill out here and then we'll go do something else afterwards and he's like okay well blah 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 you know what do we need to do or uh we're like where do i need to go and he smiles and Hunter's description of like his smile and his fucking jacked up teeth. He's like, he gives this like, he gives this like raw, not really a wry smile, but like this big, you know, wide mouth grin. And you see like crooked teeth and chipped teeth and like they're all yellow and rotten and shit. <laughs> and Dylan's character, without skipping a beat, he's like, a dentist. You need to go to a dentist. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. Not really that funny. Um, the ones, the ones where we almost die. Or where Dylan always, where Dylan made the insanity checks and like failed. When things go insane, or those are always the. Oh, here's a funny one. It won't be funny to you guys, but because you weren't there, but my character went out to collect firewood one time, and you know he's a ranger, so I can't remember if he was a ranger or a fighter. I think he was a fighter, but really close to a ranger kind of thing. He goes out, you know, he's collecting firewood. Blah 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 blah. We've been here for an hour and a half, but it's okay. 90 minute episode, whatever. Um, you know, we're collecting. Huh? Have fun editing. Oh my God. Anyway, we go like, I'm going and like collecting firewood, blah, 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 blah. And this is on the mission where we had that bag of heads. So we buried it by the river so that it wouldn't attract like predators and shit like that. But this tiger, in D&D, normal predators are like not very common. So like typically you'll get something like an owl bear or like ghouls or something like that. No, this was a tiger. Just a tiger. Just a regular tiger. And Dil- Hunter was like, you know, you've collected firewood, you pick it up into your arms, you turn around to walk back and you see uh, maybe a hundred feet in front of you, a tiger. And Dylan's like, just a tiger? Just a tiger. Uh, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I dropped the firewood. And then Hunter was like, the tiger does nothing. He looks at you. And we're just like, it's just a tiger. He's like, and basically we're like trying to get him to be like, 
you know, because he'll like introduce it as just a tiger, but actually it's like this tiger with magical powers or like he's impervious to fire or poison or something like that. He's like, no, it's just a tiger. And we're like, bullshit, it's not just a tiger. Knowledge of nature. And I make all these fucking rules. I and like, and like lose my fucking mind trying to figure out what is up with this tiger. <laughs> yeah, he's like my white whale. And I'm just, and he's just like, it's just a tiger. And I'm like, I fucking kill it. I shoot it. And I rolled like a high ass roll. And he's like, you killed it. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just a tiger. <laughs> you murdered a tiger because you thought it was It was going to attack me. <laughs> Although I could have rolled, I could have rolled speak to animals. And I probably would have gotten it. Or rolled intimidation. Imagine what it would have said. <laughs> or rolled intimidation to, um... To, like, kind of scare it off. Like, ah, this is my territory. Get the fuck out of here. You know, kind of thing. But no, I was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad. I, like, expended every roll that I could. I rolled, like, Knowledge of Arcana. I rolled... I used fucking, um... Detect Magic. I fucking... I rolled Knowledge of Nature. What did I roll? I rolled, uh, like, three Perception Checks. I used my animal companion, rolled their perception checks and all of their things that they could do. Just a tiger. It was just a tiger. <laughs> yeah. Those are good. That campaign was that campaign was funny. That was a really fun campaign, but there were a lot of it would take me a long time to tell you everything, all the shit that happened in there. That's the thing about DD. It creates rich stories and plenty of them yeah so once you do it you're gonna have like this this well of experiences to draw from for your entertainment or you know oh, yeah we reference enjoyment we reference this shit even everything. just like not even relating to DD. we reference this shit all the time we're like something that's like really frustrating especially particularly for dylan if he's like complaining or whatever he doesn't really complain but if he's talking about something that's like really pissing him off or really difficult or something we're like roll for insanity <laughs> roll a sanity check it helps. Yeah. What's your funny anecdote? Or another oh another one of your funny anecdotes. I wanted to finish with yours because I know it's going to be definitely better than mine. Oh, no. No, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I was actually going to tell one of the stories. I, it's Again, it's from my first campaign, the one with Tian and his wall of Telos. And, um, <laughs> gosh. Uh, the the interesting thing about Tian as a DM is that his unique sense of humor included a lot of references from memes, funny internet videos, and like obscure like anime and TV shows and shit like that. Pop culture, pop culture references and internet culture references galore. Oh yeah, and it made for a beautiful, absurd, and hilarious story. <laughs> now. This also brings into character our favorite troublemaker, uh, our favorite charismatic role player, if you will, Ethan, who definitely drives the story along um, by sometimes driving it insane. Um, oh, yeah, there, there is no better way to break a campaign than have a character like Ethan, than have a, than have one of Ethan, than have a player like yeah. Ethan. He plays the game all right. Oh, he plays the game. Boy got boy's got his stats down too. Uh, that was one of the things. He's always so focused on his stats, on, yeah. on on the actual stats of his equipment and everything. He had it all written down. Very methodical. Um, I do that for like item weights and stuff like that. Like I have ten inventory sheets for every place that I could possibly keep things. But uh, the specific funny thing that I wanted to reference was there was it was kind of similar to your incident where you went insane over a tiger that was just a tiger. (laughs) 
Except in this case, the tiger that was just a tiger, uh, our DM got so annoyed that he made the tiger into something else. So it was fairly early in the in our campaign, and um, it was actually it was actually a reference because before our campaign started proper, Tian holded several practice sessions, which later became incorporated into the narrative of the campaign as dream sessions, which had a strange relation oh, yeah, to our yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah. But they were actually they were originally just practice sessions, which just had pocket stories that came out of nowhere and were supposed to relate to nothing. And one of them, we. Uh, Fought a group of bandits known as the Tunnel Snakes. Oh my god, I knew it! <laughs> yep, it was a group of bandits. I want to almost describe them like Robin's Merry Men because they were a group of like elf bards, elf bard thieves and rogues who were stealing, and we caught them stealing along the road and had to fight them. Um, they were like robbing a caravan or something like that. And they were called the Tunnel Snakes. And this is from a video about Tunnel Snakes rule. We're the Tunnel Snakes. That's us. And we rule, 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 rule. <laughs> yes. So we fought the Tunnel Snakes. This becomes even more hilarious than it already is because later on, when we begin the campaign proper, the Tunnel Snakes end up returning in a big way in our campaign. They At first, they weren't even supposed to be big, but Ethan, I'm sorry, maybe I should call them Zep, but they're so related, yeah. Ethan and Zep. They're almost interchangeable. Um, he would not give up. Anyway, let's tell how this all started. So, okay, dream session, practice session, prologue, didn't happen in the real D&D campaign, but the first thing was Tunnel Snakes, group of bandits, robbing a caravan, we fight them, boom, that's it. In the campaign proper, it was close to the beginning. I think it was maybe even in the first chapter. And we're leaving the city after all of our party has been united and we've been sent on our first mission together. And we're literally just on the road out of the city. And kind of Skyrim style, we encounter a caravan of prisoners. It's, It's like three or four people locked in a cage on the back of a wagon. They're being transported. Prisoners being transported. Zep decides that something is afoot about this. <laughs> that that shifty wagon driver doesn't look like he can be trusted. And who are these innocent people who are in chains? Do we really? Do they really belong here? What's going on here? So he decides to pry his nose into something which was none of his goddamn business. Ever the paladin. Yes, pry his nose into something which is not his goddamn business. And honest to God, Tian had just created these people as a prop, something to show on the road, so it wasn't so boring along the boring yes. road. And Ethan turned it into a story. Um, because we had to start, we stopped the drivers, we created a distraction, we were interviewing the prisoners, we were trying to determine um, what was going on, and they were just supposed to be standard prisoners, but uh, in the end, no matter what happens, Ethan doesn't, Ethan comes to believe in the tale of one of these prisoners who's like, I'm innocent, let me free, blah, 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 blah. And Ethan breaks open the caravan and frees the prisoners, um, who immediately murders the driver. Um, I think, I can't remember whether the other prisoners were with him or whether they like just fled off because they were just criminals. But he turned out to be a member of the Tunnel Snakes, which 
uh, Tian revealed as he got away. And our party was left there with the empty caravan and the dead, murdered caravan driver who had done nothing, was just doing his job and was fucking murdered because Ethan decided to come along and free the prisoners. (laughs) He murdered an innocent fucking cabbie. (laughs) And the tunnel snakes got away. We later found out that it was the leader of the tunnel snakes who got away. And who then reinfested the city with criminal activity, which spread across the continent. Because we were we were we were in like an in-between nation, like the Washington D.C. of the world, which is where that's the city where the championships are held, and then there are all the surrounding nations. And the Tunnel Snakes leader, which they didn't know, they thought that the people who had apprehended him didn't know who he was really. He had just been caught for some simple thievery, but he turned out to be the leader of the Tunnel Snakes. Oh, just bad luck. That's. Well, it's amazing luck for the people who captured him, and amazing luck for him getting away without ever being really known for what it was, because no one knew who the leader was. The Tunnel Snakes were really just a small-time crime band in the beginning of the story, but thanks to Ethan, their leader, and they were weakened because the leader was taken away. Their leader got out, and then other things that would happen in the story, we would have brief encounters with Tunnel Snakes characters, or oh, members yeah. of the Tunnel Snakes gang, yeah, yeah, yeah. and Ethan, in his obsession, because after he vowed to never be so stupid again, and in that vow, ended up being absolutely stupid every time uh, we encountered the Tunnel Snakes, because he vowed that this time the Tunnel Snakes were his mortal enemies, and he would do anything to stop them. And every... Along the way, everything that he tried just ended up giving the Tunnel Snakes more money, more power, more lives were lost, more chaos ensued, and their gang became bigger and more entrenched within our story until it was basically like we had the main campaign and then there was the Tunnel Snakes (laughs) just coloring everything. This this side quest that was going right along with the main story. Oh, that's so yeah, yeah, the tunnel snakes absolutely blew up, and it was just because Ethan didn't know when to stop. That's awesome. And it was hilarious. That's fucking great. And oh, uh, and it, it eventually, I didn't, know, it I didn't eventually, know that's how that got started, but that's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. It also eventually culminated in a rap battle that was actual yeah. rap. Yeah, it was actual rap held between Tion, who was playing as one of the tunnel snakes. Remember, because they're bardic bandits. Yeah. I've never heard Tion rap. He's interesting. Yeah? The boy's got rhythm. I'll I'll say him that. But Ethan actually had written his lines. Oh. And recorded beatboxing. Oh, And he played a soundtrack of his own beatboxing with his written rap lyrics over it and rapped along to it and did fucking a Lin-Manuel Miranda thing in front of everybody. It wasn't just our friend group either. We were at the game store (laughs) and he rapped. Oh my god, just to fight this Tunnel Snakes character. To give you guys guys some background on like, because obviously this is a fucking, this is an awesome, like, uh, an awesome overarching story, but to give you guys kind of the idea of how Tion like tells his story mm-hmm. he is the kind of DM who will tell the story in such a way that everyone in the game store stops subconsciously stops what they're doing and just starts listening yes. and watching everyone and, and I remember, stunned I remember this one time I was just watching I was just watching the campaign I wasn't playing I wasn't helping him DM I was just there kind of hanging out 
and I was watching everyone in the game store, the people who worked at the game store, the people playing D&D on the table next to us, the people playing magic across the way, people who like are never there normally, just like looking for box games or whatever, like board games. Everyone had just like stopped what they were doing, like turned their chairs around and shit, and they were watching this campaign happen. And you know, it's funny because as a player, I didn't even notice. Yeah, I was so drawn into his story. Yeah, exactly. No one really realized consciously that they were doing it. And I remember this one time where Tion like stopped what he was doing, uh, like to, you know, like catch his breath and take a little sip of water, kind of clear his throat. And someone from another table, he looked over at everyone and he like, he made that kind of face like, oh shit, like, <laughs> what's going on? What have I done? <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then one of the guys from the other table, he's like, well, go on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tion is an amazing storyteller. Yes. So these things. So when Caleb is telling you that like these rap battles are like Lin Manuel Miranda style rap, and like everyone's getting into it, it's Lin Manuel Miranda yeah. style rap, it and they're flowing. getting it into was it. Going. <laughs> it had the crowd hooked. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. So these at these the, the battle between these two charismatic forces, which is of course uh, Zep Blades, the Holy Paladin, and um, uh, oh my god, he was not Kanye West. He was like. He Kanye was like, what? Yeah, Kanye. Best. Kanye he, yeah, it was. It was. He was like, uh, the, like uh, Yom K, Yom K, East or something like that. <laughs> it was some bullshit. But of course, it was just this character who Tion had embodied to yeah. rap against Ethan, and he was like a high-ranking Tunnel Snakes uh, official. Official, yeah. Lackey. Uh, yeah, and. Um, and but it was really just Ethan battling Tion, two charismatic, hilarious forces, and it was just great. I've heard Tion rap a little bit. I've never heard him do like an actual like full rap. Mm. I really want to hear Ethan rap. I'm sure he still has the recordings. Why don't you talk to him? No. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we've had an amazing time, but I think we need to wrap it up. Oh yeah, this episode's almost two hours long. So sorry about that, guys. But I'm definitely not gonna cut this into two parts because, mm-hmm. yeah. I will say, if you did want to have a little taste of how D and D goes, I hope this was a very uh, good. Uh, and descriptive taste because D&D is also a lot like this where you, the time just flies by and before you know it it's been two, three, four, five hours sometimes Yeah, and it's like what, yeah, sometimes where did that come you, from? Sometimes you've gone the entire day without drinking water or eating anything and you're just like oh fuck my body hurts. <laughs> but yeah that's the power of D&D to draw you into shared stories and it and then at the end, you realize that all along, it was just you and your friends sitting down with absolutely nothing but maybe a couple papers and some dye, and you created a world. I can't remember what YouTube video, like what channel I'm taking this from. Um, if I remember, I'll give them credit like down below this post on the website, but D&D is a game that takes a shit ton of dice a shit ton of paper, a really long time, and will make you hate every one of your closest friends. Okay, so we're supposed to end with saying something random. I want to do this. What is that? Who knows what things that I might find along the way to find my mind. You've been listening to Sidewalk Confessionals. Happy listening, and have a nice day. <laughs>